large vacuum mode, clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen a link to the corner. Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back to the this bike might be pretty smart, I think. Nevada Hood and the Autumn Sun goes for the lead at the 200 metres, put down the length and a half, two lengths, Vaseline, and extends the Autumn Sun, three or four lengths in front, and Syrian racehorse, the Autumn Sun, blazes in spring, bumps in six lengths. G'day legends, welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast, where funnily enough, we're not running second a lot at the moment, mm. we're actually going okay. Six winners on the weekend, Jackson, and things are going pretty well. Going well, obviously nothing like that couple of weeks ago that we had that was just a fill up, it was a frenzy, um, but pretty happy with the way the weekend went. There was a couple of uh, sort of sickening results, like It's Our Time and Benno earlier on in the day, so those two could have changed the result massively, but... You know, we live to see another day, and I still think we picked up a bit of cash. Now, Jackson, you know a bit about punting. You know a fair bit about those horses over in the West, but he also knows plenty about whiskey, apparently. He was giving me a bit of an education session <laughs> before. We usually sip on a nice, what is it, a single malt? Single malt, little uh, O-barn or something like that, uh, below. I've been made aware that tonight we are not drinking single malt. <laughs> We're on the double malt. Can you... It's not double malt. Blended Scotch whiskey. Johnny Walker. Anytime you're drinking a Johnny Walker, guys, don't tell anyone it's single malt. It's not single malt. It's the double malt. Uh, that's copyright Nick Aynard. Double malt. Um, look, Jacko, it's as simple as this. This weekend is, if you can get to Sunday night mm. and you haven't been cleaned out, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're pretty on the, on the ball there, mate. It's Friday night valley. Saturday, guys, steer clear of Mornington, these other tracks. Just keep it straight back. Find your runners at Rose Hill and Valley, and uh, we'll obviously cover Sandown on the Sunday as well. AFL uh, Grand Final in between. It's all happening, guys, so just pick your moments. Don't be betting on anything that moves. Quick shout-out to a friend of mine as well. He's playing in the AFL Grand Final on Saturday, Errol Goulden. He's $41 to win the Norm Smith currently. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually quite a good bet. This kid just does things on big stages, so... If you want to have 10, 20, 30, I don't know, however you bet, have a piece. $41, he'll turn one on. Jackson, we've got plenty to get through, mate, but mm. how's your week been? Been good, mate. Obviously, public holiday today, so yeah, done a bit of form for today, so I think there's no excuses going in. I've sort of parked myself with the Bible in there, the best bets, and had the speed maps out, so I had plenty of time to work for this weekend, mate. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I've obviously come off a pretty big week, been in Adelaide all weekend, um... <laughs> Yeah, look, large to say the least. Mm. I, yeah, I can't actually believe I'm having a sip of the double malt, to be honest. I thought I had my weight worth of alcohol in that time. Yeah, back on the horse very early, mate. Uh, this yeah, hair of the dog, it's a real thing. It makes you feel a lot better. But look, we're ready to roll. Mooney Valley. So we're going to do seven and eight at the Valley. We're going to do Rose Hill six to nine. And then we're going to do Sandown six to nine. So hopefully if you're doing a, you know... Maybe you're driving down to the AFL Grand Final, throw us on. If you're going to work, maybe you've got a day trip to Newcastle for something to do. Whack us on, hit the download button on Spotify, let's rock and roll. Race one we're going to cover is race seven at the Valley. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty rare we actually get to cover a group one first up. So we've got the Moya, some past winners. We're having a look before. Nature Strip, 
caviar, yeah. oh, buffering. How many times was buffering? Ah, oh, fucking three. The big fella won it three times, old buffering. So it's over a thousand. They go absolutely lickety split in this race. Paul Ailey's top of the market, four dollars. Rothfire's there as well at four sixty. Cool and Gatter, she's going around again, seven dollars mm. fifty. The young horse. Zoo Styles eight fifty. Then you got Generation. Extremely lucky. Extremely lucky is fourteen dollars. Bella Nipatina 15s, September Run 17s with Isotope, The Inferno, Malkovich, and Maliva. Cool and Gadda was $2 against a very similar field two or three weeks ago. Similar setup to this race, and they've thrown up 750. Is she overs? I yeah, I can see that she's overs. Am I going to be with her? Not unless it's a dry track. I need to see a dry track for me to get involved with her, and I'm probably more uh, inclined to back her at 1200 versus uh, 1000 meters. Speaking of the map, though, so Zustyle and Malkovich, you mentioned it's lickety-split. These two horses are two of the fastest in the country over 1,000 metres. Those two are going to bowl forward and make sure it's a genuine tempo for 1,000 metres at the valley. So handlebars down. Rothfire maps beautifully. Should get to, you know, get an awesome chance to repeat the dose that it did two weeks ago in the McEwen. Probably sits box seat. Generations drawn inside as well and can be close. And I can't imagine calling Gatters more than three pairs back mm-hmm. off that pole. I am of the opinion that that inside gate is a little bit of a uh, disadvantage this week. I've just seen horses get sort of cluttered up, turning at the valley. It's obviously tight track, small straight. You need momentum going into the corner. I don't know if she's going to get that. She didn't look like she handled the valley that yes. well either, to be honest. A lot of horses, the first time, their first look at the valley, don't really handle it. And then you see them improve mm-hmm. as they as they come back again two and three times. So... You'd have to say that she would be improved second up having that first look at the valley. Um, I'm not going to be with her, as I say. I'm respecting Rothfire here. I can't hop off the horse. You're getting not a similar price, but it's still very competitive. It was $7 in the McEwen, which is obviously the key lead-up race for this one. Just one, you know, beautifully first up, well-prepared, came down from Queensland. I love that they're not training this horse as a 1,400-metre horse anymore. At least I hope they're not. They're staying at the 1,000-metre trip. They know the horse has got toe to match it with the best sprinters over these short courses. And I love that Frosty's stuck as well. So I just think maps beautifully, sit in the box seat. If there's genuine speed on, he's going to be the one jogging on the spot, can just camp off them and peel off their backs. And the one I don't want to toss out is that extremely lucky. I know it's drawn well off. He's another one that had his first look at the valley uh, a few weeks back and probably fair to say he didn't handle it in there behind Bella Nipotina. I respected that run, though. The question marks with him, again, similar to Cool and Gatter, is the wet track. You know, how, how are they going to be able to handle the wet track? And Zoo Style as well can obviously bounce back on speed if there's any pattern. I'm with you. I think Rothfire is the one. Robert Heathcote's got this horse back after a big injury. They obviously had that Everest campaign. Things just didn't go to plan. I was, I was in the camp where I thought, I have to see this horse come out and do it. He's come out and done it. He gets a very similar feel, and the race appears to set up really well for this horse. So... Rothfire, for me, my roughie for the race is Bella Nipotino. If they go absolutely nuts up front, we know what she does at the Valley. You know the type of horse that she is. Mm. She's got serious ability. I think she's a top four or five chance for yeah. sure. Yeah, you trust her around the Valley for sure. Race eight, uh, it's the Ladbroke Stock Stakes. It's for the mares. It's a group two. It's over 1,600. Um, one of our favorite horses, Kissing All Four Cheeks, she heads the market and for very good reason. $2.40 there with Lady of Honor as fives. Foxy Fritter, $6.50, and Daisy's at eights. Then you've got double figures, so Elusive Express, 10s, Glint of Hope's, 12s, Sione is 19s, and then 31s and more for the rest. We're with her. We are with her. Am I as confident as we were second up at Flemington? Probably not. I don't think the Valley's going to suit her. 
even Caulfield didn't look like it, it suited her first up. Um, obviously, that was over an unfavourable trip at 1,200. 1,600, no problems at all. My concern is the wetter it gets with the valley and obviously Mooney Valley, but outside of that, she's got the class on this field and beautiful middle draw. Mark Zara sticks. I can't find one to bet around her. I would hope to get a better price on the day because I will be backing her regardless of what price we're at. I'd hope to get around the $3 and $3.10 thereabouts because I think the more that the rain comes, the, the less she'll uh, appreciate it. Bit of a, a strange place for, for me, for Nick Ryan, to have her placed in a, in a mile race at the Valley. But again, she's got the class to come over the top of that and a good steer from Mark Zara will see her win. I think so too. Lady of Honour, if there is some sort of pattern, which there traditionally is at the Valley, does look the likely leader and probably on its own. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if Kiss on All Four Cheeks just gets in a little bit of trouble back in the ruck mm. if he isn't as close as you'd like. Lady of Honor could be often gone around the turn. Yes, and especially at the Valley as well. It's always an advantage to be just kicking and, and going away like a greyhound at the turn. But <laughs> um, just on that, there's a couple that have uh, dual accepted. So Glint of Hope I saw as dual accepted. So it, we could turn up to a smaller field and it may be the case we're kissing all four cheeks as one or two pairs back and it's good night. Looking like a soft seven down there, potentially a heavy eight, but more that soft seven range. We will release a tip sheet on our Instagram page for the remainder of the card, but there's just so many good races that we need to get through. So we're going to move through to Rose Hill Gardens where we're going to go six to nine. So race six, it's over 1,100. It's basically the horses that aren't quite up to the distance of a Golden Rose over 1,400 and they're sticking to these sprint trips. So best of Bordeaux, probably fair enough, $2.25 top of the market. Opal Ridge is fives with Samillion is sevens. Uh, Economics at 950. Then you've got Plimstock 16s, Hawaii 5017s, Swiss Exile, which you might be able to enlighten us on a little bit more um, later on. Mm. Spicy Hot Pot is 19s with Wingardium, another Cognac and Chairman. I think it's his race to lose, best of Bordeaux. The map, like... He appears to lead again. I think that's the only intent that they'll have. Absolutely. I think uh, first up, whether that was by design or it just happened to be that way, he just got shuffled back in the field and that was obviously his poorest run to date. Every time he's gone forward, he's been super brave. You know, you only got to look back to the slipper, the silver slipper, these types of runs where he's beaten some very classy types and just stuck on. He just continues to find in the straight and um, I respect him here. I think he's probably the winning chance. The big advantage for him as well is um, we're probably not going, we or say Swiss Exile, probably not going to this race. We're probably waiting for next week at Flemington. Um, so there's a big speed influence that comes out of the race. He looks to get the, the lead on his own. J-Max Sticks, Casey Fogden's probably uh, recognised that this horse is not going to get up to 13, 1400. Probably even 1200 is probably not going to be an advantage. So stepping in back in trip here, I think is a massive advantage for him. I think he's the one to beat and one of the best on the card. And that's the form too, like in secret form, she's 270 in a golden rose. That's the form you want. So mm. 225, I think it's fine price to step in. I, I dare say it'll be shorter on the day. I think it's a horse that punters are attracted to. They love the Coolmore colours, J-Mac factor. Again, you always take the tax, but I think it's probably warranted here. So get on now, guys. For sure. Um, race seven, we see a nice mare's race here. I think this is a group, might be a group one actually, the golden pendant. It's over 1,400 metres. We've got Espiona at the top of the markets, 440. Nimalee's 550. We start Tontes after a really nice return is $7. Jamea, 950. Expats, 11s. Then you got Palisipan. Is that how I say it? Palisipan, no idea. Jeez, I was close. Pal- Palisipan, we'll roll with that, 11s. Catalan, 13s. Electric Girl, 18s. And Raduna. My Whisper, Dynasty's Mirror Vision, Meg. Jesus, plenty in this race. Mm. But 
I'm not awfully interested down the bottom, but I'm interested in a few in the middle. Yes, well, there is a few in that middle sort of uh, range, and it's pretty reflective of a wide open field. This is an absolute nightmare for me from a betting perspective. I'll touch on the map first. If there's any sort of pattern that we've seen, you know, a few weeks back at Ramwick and those sort of days, expat's the one you want to be with. They'll bowl forward. They've got the inside gate. They've had that run now. Also trialed in between runs now as well. So Newton's got this thing ready to run through a brick wall. They'll roll forward, and at that $10 quote, he's probably the one with a pattern that you, that you get interested in. Further back, you've got Electric Girl that rolls forward, and Pelissipan or Pelusipan, whatever whatever we're going with. Pelissipapan. Pelissipapan goes forward as well from that wide gate. They're probably the first two or three in running. The classy fillies or mares, Espiona and Star Tontes, are both going to roll back. They're the ones that we know have the class and are up to this sort of grade. Are they going to get their chance, though, and are they going to be able to make up ground? The other thing as well is the rain's going to continue to come in Sydney. At the moment, you've got a soft five, but there is rain predicted. If we get into the soft seven, heavy eight range, it's not an advantage to either of those runners. Probably brings uh, expat into play a little bit more. But at this stage, absolutely no bet for me. Jamae is another one that I got interested in as well. I'll have to see a, a pretty genuine pattern at this stage of the day. I'm with two. I'm going to be each way with both of these horses. Expat's the first one. It's $11. This was an absolute horror show first up. Just couldn't find a position. This is a horse that knows one way and one way only, and that's go to the front. Didn't jump as well as it usually does, this horse. Sort of sitting three deep. Then the jockeys decided to go outside and try and sit outside the leader and just done too much work by the time they got to the 400. Battled on okay till the two or 300 and then fell in a little bit of a hole with 100 to go. Big forgive for me. They're a massive wrap on this horse. I think it's up to these. And then Jamea, the one that you mentioned before. This was a good return first up. Mm-hmm. Second up run was better than it looked as well. You got Mr. Mozart, who is looking like a horse that's going to win make potentially an Epsom. That's the way I'm thinking. Yeah, the big opinion on that horse. And, and first up was in behind Zapatea, who obviously since commanded Frank the form on Saturday. So I think this is this is this looks like a real target race for this horse. Um I'm, I'm with the two. I think Expat and Jamea. I think if you play each way on both, 320 and 350 the place for either or. So mm. I, I think you'll, you'll make some money out of that if you want to have a play. Race eight. This is the big one. This is the absolute race. One of the races of the of the sort of spring in Sydney racing, mm-hmm. the Golden Rose. You know, over the time, you've got horses like Trapeze Artist, Autumn Sun. These are star horses. Yep. Even the horses in, bet- in behind are always really nice animals. It's rare we see this, though. Mm. We have a filly at the top of the market. Hard in the market, too. Oh, real hard. Anyway, <laughs> James McDonald is riding. It's 1,400 metres. In secret, J-Mac, 270. Golden Miles, next line, $6. Jackano comes up from Melbourne for this, $7.50. Fireburn, she's come off a massive second two-year-old uh, campaign. She hasn't loved the racing that's happened early. Her mm. first up performance was... Okay, it wasn't it wasn't anything flashy, but it's going to be interesting to see how she's placed. She's extreme nine fifty, and then you got double figures for some really class animals. Paris Dior sixteen dollars, Sajardin's twenty ones with Fast Witness also coming up from Melbourne. Prometo is thirty fours, Milan is thirty fours, Zoo Tiger thirty fours, Dormier obviously the Blue Diamond winner, and then Political Debate fifty ones and a couple others. What a field. Super field. I don't know what to do with these fillies, though. You mentioned Fireburn in secret, these classy fillies. They're probably good enough to win, but it's it, it's not really in me to, to back a filly in the in the Golden Rose. I just don't know if it's... I can't do it. Subconsciously something that I've decided I'm not doing. But anyway, like touching on the map, 
Zoo Tiger will roll forward and Dormier. For a big field, I don't anticipate a really hot speed. So I don't know what that sort of tosses up as far as the map goes. It probably gives those horses that are rising in trip the opportunity to run out the trip on a sort of soft to moderate tempo at the very best. Golden Mile won't be too far away as well, and Paris Dior's got a little bit of tactical speed. She's Extreme, we've seen, have, has rolled forward uh, in some of her previous starts as well. So she's drawn pretty well and, and might be two to three pairs back. The favourite in secret, interesting one, how aggressive uh, J-Mac will be out of that gate. They've drawn inside. They'd want to be leaving pretty well to try and boot her up and, and get close enough because there's a few that will be want to be up there and won't leave anything to chance. I think she's going to have to go back. It's an interesting one. She normally settles midfield, but she's drawn exceptionally well um, throughout her career. So, you know, you wouldn't put it past J-Mac to be aggressive and be, let's say, three pairs back on the fence. It's going to take an awesome ride to get her out and then, you know, come over the top of them late. But I think I would have rather have seen her drawn out and had her chance to get on that three-wide trail and then swoop like she did um, in that race that we saw. She came out the top of Best of Bordeaux and the like. So that run to the Rose, it's obviously the form line going into the Golden Rose. I believe it's eight of the last 10 winners have come out of that race. So um, not just the winners, just any horse that's running that race. So it's probably the form line that you probably have to start on. I'm just for this year, I'm taking it as an exception. I'm starting to look around. I just think at the price, I can't have in secret at that 260, 270 quote. Too many classy types, too many form lines, too many question marks for me. The one that I know is going to see at the 1400, whether it's strong, soft, moderate tempo, no matter what the tempo we get on the weekend, is Golden Mile. Had the 1300 metre run first up, second up goes to 1400, absolutely bolted away from them um, in that uh, Ming Dynasty race. Way too good. Obviously, that's the inferior form line when you compare it to the Rose or run to the Rose. But at that price of $6, they're going to draw very well. They're going to probably be two pairs to three pairs back. They're going to be off the fence swinging, and you know it's fit enough and will get over the line over 1,400. That's on top for me, Golden Mile. The other horse I want to back as well is Jackano coming over from Melbourne. Really, really smart colt. Came over the top of Aft Cabin uh, first up off a pretty decent spell. Aft Cabin came out and destroyed them on the weekend. So Frank the Form... Dry the better for Jack and I will concede, but as long as it stays in that soft six to soft seven range, I'm on. It's interesting. The The thing that I find interesting is Cummings has both of these animals, right? He's got In Secret and Golden Mile. One of them goes to the run to the Rose. He does the other to the Ming Dynasty. Very similar races. He obviously has a serious opinion of both to try and get a win out of both of them. Mm. It's bloody tough. He's got two at the top of the market. I'm steering well clear of the 270 at the moment. I'm... Agree, Golden Mile. He's a big brute horse. He looks like a Golden Rose winner. He's that sort of style of horse, and I love the way that Sammy Clipperton rode this horse first up. He kind of does a few things wrong. Like, he he had his head sort of going a little bit wayward up the straight. He's a little bit green, but Mm. I I do like the way that he attacked the line. He's a big brute. Once he clicked up and straightened up, it was pretty special, wasn't it? He's he's a good animal, Golden Mile. So, he's my top selection. Two that I'm going to mention that are a rough chance. She's extreme. I was with her first up. I gave her a little, really nice push. You get $9.50 now. I think that this is a race that she can win. It's getting to that sort of distance that she likes as well. I'm, I think out of Fireburn and her, I actually prefer She's Extreme mm. of she, the two. She puts herself into the race unlike Fireburn. Fireburn has that acceleration that's probably unmatched in this field, but she has to sustain that for 800 metres, whereas She's Extreme will be up there bowling. And the last one that I'm going to mention, I can't believe they've thrown this price up. This was favourite ahead of In Secret last start. 
sorry, not in secret, Golden Mile, mm. Zoo Tiger. Mm. It's $34. Mm. This is ridiculous. This is, you talk about SP profile. Yeah. You can't tell me that a horse comes out and wins by five or six lengths, has all this hype, then gets to race day, just has an off day, and then you throw up $34 after being $3 last start. Mm. Nah, I'm not letting this thing go around at 34 to 1. It might be the one that just leads and keeps on going. Like That's the thing. You've got to wait for your patterns on the day. So if we get to race eight, you'll definitely know what's happening at Rose Hill on the day. And runners aren't making up ground. This is your horse. Golden Mile for sure. I think both of us agree. He's probably the one that we think's the best winning chance. But there are a few roughies around. Yeah. I just want to last mention as well, Damian Lane, one ride at Rose Hill. Jack and I. One? One ride. Is there only one ride? Correct. Jeez, that's a big push. Yeah. Um... Okay, that's rattled me. I didn't know that. The Ned Whiskey. Speaking of which, we're drinking double malt. Um, Shannon Stakes, it's over 1,500, 1500 metres. Um, good little race they've put together again here, but there is one class runner, and we'll get to that. Mm. Ellsberg, top of the market, 310. Old Flames, 550. Surf Dancer, $6.50 with Rustic Steel. I've got an opinion on that horse, just quietly, $7.00. War Eternal Nines, a tissue is 10s with Kerwin's Lane at 14s. Pinarello, Mount Popper there at 26 with Dr. Drill at 34s. Big Boy Roy, he's back. He wants to, he's back to haunt us. Oh, move on, please. Four Home 2 is $128. Mm. I know who I'm with. Talk me through the map. Surf Dancer rolls forward. Ellsberg has drawn the pole, and I love to see TC book this week. Um, obviously, it was a horror watch first up, so I'm keen to see... Uh, how this horse will bounce back. Big Boy Roy, our absolute favourite horse, will be in the box seat <laughs> and maps beautifully like he always does. I'm getting a tattoo. Correct. Yeah. And Rustic Steel, the horse that you mentioned that a few have opinion of, uh, will be close enough as well. So there is a little bit of speed engaged here. I'm with Ellsberg. I can't go past that run first up. Very unlucky. And I don't always like to get sucked into those unlucky or visually unlucky runs. Yep. But I just thought once he got clear room and was able to work through the line, it was obviously a blanket go that day behind Kiku, was re- doing really good work through the line now. So now it steps up in trips, second up. Again, TC comes over to take this ride now, drawn the pole. They're either going to be leading or just outside the leader. Hopefully they can sort of come across surf dance or just slide across and find its girth because I think they'll just balance up and be too good here. I think excellent price we're getting as well for this horse in, the, in a field that probably lacks a little bit of depth if you look at those horses that are targeted at 1,500 meter trips. Chips in Mm. Ellsberg, gate one, doesn't set up any better for this horse. You can literally call it a first up run because he did absolutely nothing first up. He was literally bolting for a run, never got touched by the jockey. This horse is four from four first up. I'm treating it like a first up run. When you talk about class on a field, this is class on a field. Ellsberg has some serious class on this field. The saver bet for me is Rustic Steel. Um, this horse ran 7th or 8th in behind a couple good horses. That was in the Kiku um, Mr. Mozart race. Yeah. Hit the line really, really well, and I've actually got quite an opinion of Rustic Steel. So I'm going to have quite a whack at Ellsberg, but I'm going to make sure that if Rustic Steel does come over the top of them, that I'm not <laughs> completely gone. Mm. Um, wow, Rose Hill. Nice little card for Golden Rose Day. The best part is... So it's AFL Grand Final Day on Saturday. So Melbourne go, ah, we've got the public holiday Thursday, public holiday Friday. We'll throw the Moyer on. But then we'll have a day off Saturday and just, you know, we'll give morning to a race (laughs) meeting. And I don't know, we'll just do that to tick a box. And then Sunday, we'll give you a couple of group races and just 
make sure that you're completely cleaned out if, by the end of the Sunday. Yeah, if you've got anything left by the Sunday morning, here's a couple of group ones for you guys. We'll collect whatever you got. Gee whiz. Um, again, we get to start with a... Oh, no, we're going race six to begin with, aren't we? Because, yes, we're just going to cover this quickly. Yes. Jim Maloney Stakes, 1,400. A mm. little bit of a key lead-up race to 1,000 guineas. Yep. I've got one. Mm. Typhoon Titmus. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to cover this race to any huge extremes. Go back, do yourself a favour and watch this horse's last start. The thing nearly fell over Typhoon Titmus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in behind uh, Nanagui. Nanagui. Yeah, yep. Nanagui. Um, or Nanagai, sorry, it is. Nanagai. Typhoon Titmus nearly fell over with about 250 to go, straightened herself up, savaged the line. Start before that, ran in the Quisette, did the similar thing, nearly got knocked over, and was really good in its first start, and that was on the synthetic there. Typhoon Titmus is currently around that $26 mark in the 1,000 guineas. I think this horse is going to run a really, really good race on the weekend, over 1,400. They've backed it early. It's nines into sevens, so it's a nice early sign, and D Oliver gets booked, so... If you feel like having a bet in race six, I really like Typhoon Titmus. Yeah, absolutely. Very unlucky, as you said. And yeah, definitely go back and watch those replays, guys. We're watching it before the podcast, and we had to have a couple of Panadols watching that shit. It was Don't watch the stewards vision. Oh, it's pretty bad. But they're fine, uh, D Oliver, this week. So that's a pretty big indication that they're here to play now. And whether there's a thousand guineas down the track for this horse, we'll wait and see. But I think they're here to win this week. Absolutely. They, po- they probably need to to get the prize money up mm. as well. Race seven. The Underwood. This race sending some spine-tingling feelings down my back because this is almost like a little Cox Plate prelude. Mm. Zaki. <laughs> Bang. $2.50, top of the market. Just quietly, we're going to give ourselves a wrap here because what did we say would happen in that Animo race in the George Main last week? Well, I was more taking your lead and he was in the field till I think it was Friday or maybe even Saturday morning he came out, but... We were pretty confident he wasn't going to the George Main last Saturday that obviously Animo won and won comfortably. Um, and Ned came out and goes, yeah, mate, you'll be going to the Underwood next week. No drums. And he's here. He's and in he's the here. Underwood, 1,800 metres. The horse contested this race last year and won it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's $2.50 anyway. Jamie Carr aboard. I'm Thunderstruck, $3.00. Mr. Brightside, four twenty. Alligator Blood, $7.50. Mwanga, 23s. And Nonconformist is Four thousand to one. Mm. Now, he's actually eighty one dollars, but he's actually more. He's a bigger price to run a place. Mm. Um, six horse field that gets me excited. I like it. Yes, it, it's you know small but very very um, packed full of quality. This field and you know I'll touch on the map first. So Zaki and Alligator Blood will roll forward. For a six-horse field, they're probably the two that will sort of make it a moderate temper. I don't imagine them going lickety-split. They'll probably just, you know, take each other's lead and just sit, sit outside each other's girth and just make sure it's a moderate tempo, probably even more than anything. Mr. Brightside won't be far away, non-conformist as well is close enough. Iron Thunderstruck, as he always does, just flops out the back. He'll be the last player with uh, Mawanga. In terms of a bet here, Ned, I've said it before, I respect Zaki a lot. I really do respect the horse. He's a superstar horse. Mm. He makes his own luck up on speed. You obviously get the booking of Jamie Carr this week, which is interesting. I I, I would prefer to see Jay McDonald next to the horse's name this week, but interesting that Carr's booked. So that's probably, in my books, it's a bit of a negative. Not saying that Carr's less... Not saying it's less... That's a clip. Well, it's it's a clip, but if you look at what we spoke about with Eduardo on the weekend, we said Avdala was hopping on instead of Nash. No one's potting either of those jockeys, but when you've got a relationship with a horse and the horse feels you on its back, 
most of it starts, most of it's track work, trials, etc. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you get a new horse, uh, a new jockey on your back. It can make the difference in these types of fields. She did ride this horse to win a uh, all-star mile, though. Absolutely. He's just come off a Sydney campaign and a Queensland cam- campaign ridden by J-Mac, though. So okay, okay. that's just where I'm coming from. Maybe I'm trying to manufacture something <laughs> to work around him. I can't go around I'm Thunderstruck. 1,800 metres is the absolute limit that I'll back this horse. I won't go beyond that. I know they're uh, targeting him for a Cox Plate. And it's super interesting this week because a lot of these horses, this is a semi-final run. They're all pretty much all aimed at that Cox Plate over 2,000 metres. So who's coming to play here? Mm. Who really wants to come and win? Or if they're not all coming to win, who's got the class to just pick one up on the way? I think this is the horse for me. It's going to be a small field. I've said before that I don't think he's a horse that's advantaged going beyond the mile. But considering there's only going to be an even tempo and he can't be more than three pairs back, his turn of foot is going to get him over the line here and I'm quite confident that he'll be at least running top two if Zaki doesn't get that soft lead that we expect him to. I think I'm Thunderstruck as the one that will just balance out. Zara will get him off the fence and just bomb them. So I just think he'll be too good over that last 400 metres at Sandown. I toyed with this race a little bit, to be honest. The thing that worries me is the map. I just... Because I think Mr. Brightside likes being in that first two or three as well. Like, I don't think he likes being mm. any further back. But with, then when you got a six-horse field, like, does that mean that you want to be either leading or outside the lead? Like, then where does Zaki end up? But I just... It's actually a little bit messy for a six-horse race, which is funny enough. Mm. Alligator Blood, look, obviously was on him last start. Touch disappointing in terms of everything else, but what a run. Mm. I think this horse is a genuine miler, so I'm going to have to draw a line through him. I'm with Zaki. I'm with the big fella. I think he sits outside Alligator Blood again. I think he's had a look at Sandown. I don't know if any of these other horses have actually had a look at Sandown. It can be a bit of a weird track. It's a massive straight. It's about a 500 metre straight at Sandown. And the, uh, I think it's called the Corrigan Dip. Corrigan Dip. The fucking dip. Da- down Maddie Corrigan Hill, Dip. Matty Hill always calls it. I think it's about the 300 metre mark where they literally go through a dip on the straight, which a lot of people might not know about. And I'm hoping that Zaki just kicks a length off that dip. Zaki anyway. might just leap straight over the top of it and just keep, <laughs> keep rolling. I think I'm Thunderstruck will have just a little bit too much work to do, but you could have said that again on the weekend. Mm. Yeah, I'm with him. $2.50 Zaki, I think. Cox Plate beckons for this horse, and I think he does look, him and Animo look the two horses for that Cox Plate. I think they avoided the race in Sydney on the weekend to come down here and get a kill here. What's your thoughts on Zaki? Because obviously it's a small field, we can spend a bit of time on it. What's your thoughts on Zaki running in wet affected ground? I know he had a super run in that Queen Elizabeth that was obviously bog track. Didn't win, but acquitted himself very well in those conditions. The camp seem to think that he doesn't go as well. He does get through it. He ploughed through the conditions first up in the tramway. The camp seem to think, the Annabelle Nation camp, seem to think he doesn't go as well if he's not on top of the ground. How do you think uh, he goes this week? I think he's proved that he's reasonably bomb-proof. Mm. The only thing you'd say is that Queensland campaign, like, were they a little bit wet-affected tracks up at Doombin? There was one start that, well, I believe it was the Q22 or one of yeah. those runs. It was wet-affected. Yeah, it might have been I, end of prep. I don't think it affects him as any more than the next horse, to be honest. The thing that does worry me is if they only walk. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think he likes a walking tempo. Like, usually a walking tempo does suit those horses on speed because they can just kick and sprint. Yeah. I think he actually prefers to have the other horses off the bit at the six 700 and chasing him because he just mm-hmm. seems to find another length when it gets tough. Yeah, interesting one because we saw he got beat in the blamey first up by uh, Inspirational Girl off a walking tempo. And the tempo. Caulfield Stakes as well, he did the same thing. He Absolutely. walked in that and then yeah. he just... 
He couldn't get his rhythm going. Yeah. I think he needs alligator blood to go on a little bit of a clip. I, I think that if he's not going at a clip, I think Jay, um, Jamie Carter takes him to the front and says, catch me if you can. Mm. Well, that's all, all Zaki punters. That's probably what you're hoping. Zaki for me... I'm Thunderstruck's going to bomb them, guys. This is exciting. I'm thrilled by this. Um, the Sandown Stakes, 1,500 metres is the next. Dragon Leaps, $4, top of the market. Pinstripe, $4, with Military Expert at 480 Gentleman Roy, the big fella, 5 bucks, And then you got our Playboy at double digits at 14s. Cinewan's 19s with El Rocco at 19s as well. Age of Chivalry's 23s with Criderus Lightsaber as well. High Stranger, Pondus, 4 Home 2. That's a dual acceptor. $151 in both races, so I don't think they're going to pick an easier race of the two. Pick your poison. Tough race to assess. Mm. Couple, A lot of horses second or third up here, so starting to really get into their campaigns. Yeah. What would you make of the map? Well, I thought this was a very interesting race, not just from a betting perspective, but just from a sort of neutral perspective as well. I think there's a lot of nice horses in this race. Military expert is going to roll forward. We obviously saw that horse made an absolute mess of Uncle Bryn first up at the Valley Comes back in trip now. That's a fucking massive advantage for this horse. I'm, that gets me a little bit toey seeing that. I just think it's absolutely perfect placement. Toeyer than a Roman sandal. Absolute perfect placement from Annabelle Nisham. So, yeah, that, that horse will roll forward. Lightsaber for Peter Moody has drawn the car park. Will roll forward as well. Gentleman Roy, I know you've got a good opinion of that horse, has drawn the pole and can't be more than one pair back. Age of Shibbery is another one with a bit of tactical speed as well. So they're the first four in running for me. Hopefully, Pinstripe, this is the other horse that I'm going to touch on as well. Hopefully, Pinstripe is not too far away. In terms of a bet here, I'm having a two-play strategy. Number one, Military Expert, I touched on as well. Made an absolute meal of Uncle Bryn that started, I think it was $2 or maybe even been odds on by the time they jumped. Big wraps on that horse and just came out and destroyed them at the valley over the mile. Now steps back in trip, rock hard fit third up. Won't mind any cut in the ground at all. Will roll forward from that middle gate, probably leads this lot up, and if there's any pattern at sand down on the day, it's just catch me if you can, good luck. Jamie Carr's found this week as well, so like, you know, good luck beating this horse if there's any pattern. The one that I do want to save on as well, you couldn't have missed its first up run, was Pinstriped. As always, just gets back in the run, sort of, it looked like a prep run to me, it didn't look like they were there to play first up, but they got what they needed out of that run, they saw that he's come back in really good fettle, so I think you can follow that horse with a bit of confidence now. Best last 600 of the meeting uh, over a 1,400 metre trip. So that's very good signs for that horse going forward. That's my sabre if they're making up ground at sand down on the day. So military expert is the top pick for me. And then pinstriped is my sabre, keeping well and truly onside. I echo your thoughts there, pinstriped. I thought it was a fantastic run. Um, it, yeah, as you said, that last 600, literally the quickest of the, of the, of the entire day. I think $4 looks nice. Gentleman Roy... <sighs> I wish it was an easier race for him. Like, I just feel like he deserves a win after what happened in that first up run. Like, they just absolutely went ballistic, pissed him off. The first five or six in the field have all fallen back to last, mm. and he's fought on like an absolute... Like, Huge. He fought on like buffering. Huge run. So Monstrous. They're the two, Pinstriped and Gentleman Roy. I do concede that Military Expert looks to appears to lead probably with Gentleman Roy, and it's it rock-hard fit after two nice... First and second up wins. Dragon Leap, where do you place this horse? I'm finding it really difficult. I need to see it. I know it's a, a horse that has a lot of an opinion coming over from New Zealand, but I need to see it. Um, I know it had a good run in the Memsey, as I touched on before, that uh, you know, Snapdancer won that, and Snapdancer's now got a slot in the Everest, so that's pretty good form. 
I just need to see it come out and really put itself into one of these races to be able to get into that sort of price. Final race we're going to cover at Sandown is race nine. Um, we've got two horses that didn't end up running in the Rupert Clark on the weekend and they head the market very, very strongly. There's a massive weight of money on these two. I wish I wins $2 with Ayrton at fours. Then you've got Regards Marie all the way to $13. Can mm. I just mention something? Mm. Peter Moody trains I wish I win. I was at the pub this afternoon being a public holiday and I was watching races at Maui and Pakenham Synthetic. Yep. This bloke is cleaning up everywhere. Yeah, and it's not as if he's got a massive stable like a Kieran Maher or a Chris Waller where there's horses everywhere. He's got, or he's building at the moment, but he's got a pretty, you know, sort of moderate-sized stable and just absolutely cleaning up. Like we saw, Train of Lightning obviously didn't get the win, but that's just the first horse that comes to mind on the weekend. Plenty of really, really nice horses up and about at the moment, so follow him all the way to the uh, to the bank. You look at Boogie Dancer as an example. Oh. Like, didn't it come out and brain them? Absolutely brain them. Ploughed through the heavy conditions, mate. And a second again tip, which we haven't even touched on, mate. $6, thanks for coming. And they've always got that nose roll too, so you know I wish I win. If you don't know the horse, you just look for, look for the nose roll. Don't miss them in running. Regards, Marie. You know what? Don't worry about the rest of the field. It's between these two. Yep. Talk to me like... I don't know. Map-wise, open-minded rolls forward with Imperial Lad. Snatch won't be too far away. And more than exceed is drawn 12 off 12, so probably rolls forward uh, to be thereabouts. Regards, Marie and Gravina not far away as well. Ayrton is an interesting one. Do they roll forward and put him into this race, being first up? I know he flies first up. I think up. they do. Interesting one. Interesting one. He's another one that I'm not super keen on the heavier it gets. So the wetter it gets for these runners. And the favourite as well. It's obviously a race between two. That's the way we see it. This favourite as well has never seen a heavy deck, mm. which is very, very interesting. So if it comes to the point where we get late Sunday afternoon, this is the last of the weekend, chopped up track, uh, really wet day. There's been a few days of rain at Melbourne. Is that going to bring the horse undone? I, at this stage, can't find one to beat the horse. I just, I believe what I saw first up. Um, and obviously, we almost got into that Rupert Clark, and I think it would have gone very close. There was a few around that were tipping it. Probably starts favourite in a Rupert Clark, and this is a far inferior race. So I think if it was going on to be competitive in the Rupert Clark, you've got to say it was, it's winning this race here. So Peter Moody, this is, the, this is probably the second pick of those two races. You'd like to think that they'd come here and pick this up. Sat off that super fast tempo that we touched on as well, where Buffalo River and Gentleman Roy just absolutely went ballistic at each other. Sat off that speed and had that acceleration, just fucking gave them windburn. Like they, he gave them a cold, absolutely gave them a cold. So I believe what I saw that day, the race rated through the roof as far as sectionals and times go. I think you need to just believe what you see um, in that run first up. I don't know how much it did over in New Zealand. I didn't think it was winning a lot of its races. It had a couple of really nice places, but whatever Moody's done with it is working, and I'm backing up here. I don't really mind if it's a $2 quote. I'm going to be with it. Yeah, um, no bet for me. I don't find I don't see any value in the race. $2 and $4. Ayrton first up. You've probably got to see what it comes out and does. Getting prepared for a Rupert Clark. I'm guessing it was a soft track thing, like the horse hasn't gone much chop. In wet ground, I don't, I'm not sure what the issue was there. Mm. You've got to have question marks about the horse and where it's actually at. Yep. I wish I win, probably looks the winner, but I'm just not going to take $2. I just don't want to. If you want to have a Quinella bet, it's probably a really good Quinella bet. You might get a $1.90, $1.80, that sort of quote for these two in a Quinella. Yep, no bet in the Testarossa for Schneebles. Mm. Um, are we done? Are we? No, are we, are we? no, no, no. <laughs> nah, sorry, my bad. 
that's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> I've just big weekend. Obviously, it just it, it left me for a little bit there. Mm. We we've got one race left. I know we've covered the entire Eastern Seaboard and every race meeting on the planet, but we've just got to leave you with one more thing. Mm. And that thing is probably the most exciting thing since Black Caviar and Winks. Mm. That thing is the probably the most consistent thing since Seinfeld. Could you say, could you say that? I don't know. Maybe it's the best western. Mm. Our man Jackson Laurie he gives us a tip over at Belmont. It's usually late at night, mm. so you're probably written off by that point anyway. So your bets tripled. Mm. Come on, give it. We are race eight at Belmont. Belmont has now gone the last, I think it's twenty eight weeks. So yeah, <laughs> gravel track, gravel tracks holding up really nicely over there. This will be quarter to seven. So like I say, as every week, if you're still upright, guys, and you've got a bit of cash in that sports bet account, uh, or whoever wants to sponsor us, I know Unibet might be on the cards down the track at some yeah, point. Yeah, Bluebet. So Bluebet. Blue <laughs> guys, whoever's out there, whoever Palmer wants to sponsor, um, we're open to it. But race eight at Belmont, number nine, Western Knight. I may have tipped this horse as a best Western before mm. a few weeks back. Just got shuffled back from that inside gate over 1,400. Steps up in trip now, draws off the fucking fence, which I'm so pleased about. The last couple of runs, it's been 1,200, 1,400 and drawn the inside. Oh. Never got its chance to get out. Clint uh, Johnston Porter had to sort of wait, push things out of the road, and then eventually when he got out, the horse just kept finding and was very strong through the line. Up to the mile, I'm very, very keen on it here. Lightly race runner, um, drawn seven, which is absolutely perfect. It's going to get back in the run, so you want to make sure they're making up ground at Belmont. Should be around the 220, 230 mark at the moment. I'm super keen on it. I think it's cash, guys. This is it for us. Hopefully, this will give us a bit of cash going into sand down the next day. It's good to hear, isn't it? The best Western lives on. Hopefully, we can get a collect. Um, sorry to spring this on you now, but mm. have you got a best bet other than your best Western? Now, we spoke about a horse that we love the name. We fucking love the name. Oh, we love the we name. We love the name. God, we love the name. Clemenceau. Clemen so Now, we did. We were super keen on it first up. Remark coming back as a gelding, the stable mate was just too good on the day. Super ride by Bowman there. But I was of the opinion that Pike missed the boat and probably goes close to winning that race if he was really aggressive with the horse on that day. We're going to race three at Mooney Valley for Clemenceau. It's not going to be a super price, guys, but I just think this is bank interest. It's around the 225, 230 at the moment. Drawn middle as well, similar to the best Western. Drawn away from the fence, which is perfect. It can't be too far away. The Hawks have found John McNeil, which is perfect this week. I, I think it's an excellent booking for this type of horse. They'll bounce back second up. It's fitter, rock hard fit now. The cut in the ground will be no issues at all. I think we can get one away early here. So if you're just getting home from work or you're just getting ready to go out, flick on racing.com, race three. What time have we got there? Quarter past seven, perfect time. You're just oh. getting ready. You've had, you probably had a bite. You're getting ready to go out, guys. Clemenceau, that'll pay for your drinks for the weekend. Clemenceau, we love that horse name. Um, I've just got one. Kip Spay in the last, super super impressive. Um, in its last win, obviously has to step up in class, but the favourite in the field is Fire, and this thing just finds a way to get beat. Can throw it away. Kip Spay ran serious time for a horse running in a benchmark seventy eight. I know it's a big step up, but I think $5.50 around that mark. It races on speed for Kobe Jennings. I think it's a nice each-way play. Yes, each-way play. I was going to say, make sure you say each-way because five will bounce back, in my opinion. But 
Kips Bay, I believe what I saw first up and steps up in grade here, so good signs. Love it. Well, if you if you can't find a tip out of those forty eight thousand <laughs> races, then you're probably just it's probably just not your thing. Go back to your three legs, same race, same game multis in the basketball where the Clippers play, I don't know, the Jazz yeah. or something and pick mm. your rebound bets because we've just given you four hundred. So good luck if you are having a play. Good luck trying to stay upright. Hopefully you don't bend it like Beckham. Mm. Um, but if you do, have a good time doing it. Absolutely. Keep an eye out for those tip sheet guys incoming. Thanks, Legends. Have a good one.